Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to The Second Wall, binge-free zone where we look at a series and discuss it in small chunks. This time we are looking at Joss Whedon's sci-fi classic, Firefly. We can be found on most podcast and social media platforms, a full list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Please watch the episode and then join Drew and I in the mess as we explore the verse. Our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, the man they call Jane. <laughs> oh, I love this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is this has got some good feels to it and some bad feels, some sad feels. Um, and something that we haven't really talked about much, like plotline wise. Mm. I actually really liked how the three plot lines all centered around a core message as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think they did that really well. Um, so Book and River, uh, Jane in general. And Anara and what's his name? Fess. Fess Higgins. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, about having a a symbol. Yeah, a symbol and taking things at faith, taking things on faith, and how much that matters. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. So, it kind of brings back a question we've had about Mal um, since like the first episode. Um where we were, we were talking about he clearly was religious. Yeah. I think this shows that he hasn't necessarily given it up either with the way he talked to Jane about why a symbol is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so subtle, subtle aspect to it, but it's there. It's just not, Mal isn't focusing on the symbol, but understands the significance of them. Mm-hmm. He understands, um, it may still believe, but um, has has either lost or abandoned that faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, approaching it with a sense of cynicism. Yeah. So in his conversation with Jane at the end, uh, the whole like a- any man who had a statue made of him was probably some kind of asshole or another, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to get that different um, asp or it's deeper read into Mal mm-hmm. on it. Um, and like I think, I think he kind of thinks that maybe the faith is a bit of lies, but he yeah, I don't I don't think he's fully abandoned it. Hmm. So. And- and it's nice to at least get a little bit of read on Mel. Uh, and conversely, it is nice to finally have an episode that's not centered around Mel, <clears throat> like primarily. Uh, in fact, he was definitely secondary in this. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and just interesting because I still think we got more characterization from him even with him being secondary <laughs> so actually there was more than just the the three 
Um, so Kaylee and Simon in his speech, like it's, it's much lesser, but, um, him being polite is effectively a symbol of him showing that he cares or that he has affection for. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I did forget about that one. Um, I think in my head, I was connecting that more to other conversations we've had about Simon where it's just like that holding on to the past, but no, you're right. It's very much, he actually did explain it there and connected to that as well. If we were, if we were paying attention, we probably could have figured out something about River Tam and Shepherd Book's hair. Yeah. I... Yeah. There's pro it makes me wonder, is there something else there? <laughs> I mean, like it's it's a it was a hilarious joke. Like it was a nice bit, but it's entirely possible that there would be some symbolism there. Mm. Yeah. They, they, the weirdest thing about that is like they I know they've been on the ship together for months. This is the first time anyone's seen him with his hair out. <laughs> <laughs> the uh so there is one thing that does one line in particular in their interactions that stand out that I think has a lot of meaning. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter that he puts it away. It's still there. <laughs> That's very true. And that is very express. I wonder if that ties into the, like the culmination to the, the final talk, mm -hmm. what we're saying about Mel. I wonder if that applies. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. It's, it's so many little things <laughs> that. Yeah. That this, 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 this entire episode was far more well-crafted than I remembered. I remember this one just being fun. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that same statement uh, matters to every situation that had like some form of symbol in this episode mm. and how those symbols are viewed differently by each person. Mm. So for instance, uh, the Higgins family, the father thinks that um, having sex is a symbol of manhood where for the son, it's, Defiance and striking out on your own is the symbol of manhood. Yeah. So how a symbol is perceived differently by each person and which makes really makes a lot of sense when you tie that back to the ending conversation between Mal and Jane, where they Mal is very straightforward and understand, like provides an understandable explanation as to like the symbolism of the statue and what they were doing and their faith. And like Jane isn't the smartest guy, but he's not exactly dumb. Mm -hmm. He still doesn't get it because he views that symbol differently. He has a different perception of it. It's, it's like, it's like the hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jane is very, he's not dumb. What he is, is he's very practical. Hmm. Right. So, you know, he would join the revelry. It's practical for him to do that. 
you know, all of a sudden he's not being hunted like he thought he was going to be. He's, you know, getting the mutter's milk is too bad for him. He's got to get the top shelf whiskey. <laughs> um, right. He's got a song named after him. Right. But as soon as he realized that this is the big moment for Jane, as soon as he realized he was putting everyone else in danger, he tried to renounce it. Mm hmm. Well, even so, like, um, uh, and to expand on this, a good characterization of Jane was, um, uh, what's the uh, other guy's name? Um, his partner in crime. Yeah. Uh, partner in crime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, give me a sec here. Stitch. Stitch yes. Hessian. Um, so when Stitch Hessian said, uh, make you watch while I butcher me one of your boys or whatever, um, the immediate response, and it didn't seem like a response in the, like, he's teasing Simon, but mm-hmm. he was saying, like, I took it as he said, that's not, he ain't one of mine, was him trying to protect Simon. I agree. That's exactly what I took out of it, too. And I, you have that and just how, like, right after taking, uh, taking out a um, stitch, you're just immediately going to the guy who jumped in front of him. Like, <laughs> they set up Gene in such a way that that didn't come across that that would be the type of person he is. I mean, even kind of throughout the episode, it's like, yeah, no, he got lucky. Him being unlucky is what got the townsfolk lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Having to dump, dump the cargo and everything, which again feels very much in line with most of what they've set up with Jane. But this is where uh, we kind of talked about, and again, future things it's like he's there's a lot more depth to him than being the the thug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this episode in particular goes a long way to to showing that. Like it hit him hard that 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 guy lost his life for him. On the other hand, though, there was a look that Mel gave that was of concern beyond the situation where Stitch, when Stitch indicated that um, he threw his partner in crime out, mm-hmm. um, and you're supposed to watch the man you're with's back. Yeah. So, like, it makes you wonder if there's foreshadowing for that. Like, mm. um, Jane's not necessarily a bad person, but can you trust him? Like, See, what are his motivations? And I definitely think that's that's definitely going to be there. I think... I think some of that's supposed to be showing kind of the growth that Jane has had mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't come across white as well because we haven't really had this type of focus on Jane. Um, but that's who Jane was and not who Jane is. Well, exactly. And I, I anticipate at least the way I view it and I, it's, it's tough because Jane is uh, my favorite character. So like, uh, disassociating from like 
the fact that I like the character and not projecting <laughs> is a <laughs> bit difficult. But I, I at least I think that even through the episodes that we've seen, that he's been slowly changing and reinforcing that he is part of the crew. Mm. What was it? Even episode, I can't remember if it was Serenity or the train job, but like we we had this discussion around him when, when he said that the pay wasn't good enough for him to turn on Mm. now. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that just felt like subtext city. And I think Mal saw that as subtext city as well. Mm -hmm. He's got his image to protect, but he's clearly, he's clearly part of the family. Mm Hmm. Right. He might be the bratty, the bratty brother, but, um, and that, that could be it too. Cause like the stitch was a business partner. That, mm. That's the impression that I get from him. Right. Well, they only ran Jane, together six months. Yeah. It's been over six months since Simon's been on board. Yeah. Uh, as is like, clearly that was a business deal. Mm. I think that, everything that's happened on Serenity has this being more than a business deal. And Shane's realizing that and it's coming out in little ways. Like he's as much as he teases Simon, right? Like, yeah, sure. He tore apart the med bay for some tape, but at the same time, he said he tried to say he was saving Simon mm-hmm. at the end there too. So, and he might even have mm. like, I didn't I didn't think the word usage was convincing. Yeah. But as soon as as soon as he said that, Stitch just walked past Simon. Yeah. And let Simon get like pulled into the crowd, right? Yeah. And part of that could be because Stitch isn't gonna know how Jane's actually changed. Mm. Right? Stitch is just gonna see Jane as the person who's just gonna throw you away when it becomes convenient. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot there. It's oh, un- unrelated. Mm. Uh, I thought uh, Summer Glau's acting because I I'm like doing a play by play on her acting <laughs> for each episode. Uh, I thought it was spot on. Mm. Um, like. I actually got the impression that she was trying to do some like hyper intellectual trying to actually fix the Bible. Yes. <laughs> like her acting in that situation and like her, her attachment to solving that riddle. It was convincing to me. Yes. Um, I definitely agree. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it's, and it's an interesting way to kind of combine her, her mental state like the the psychosis part mm-hmm. and and the intellect that she's that she has right because like they, they just combine so well when she's trying to fix the bible in my mind mm-hmm. like, like she, she's focusing on it because of the the psychosis but it's all very intelligent what she's trying to do and but because of the psychosis, she can't see why 
she shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Even when Bush trying to explain to her why. Uh, it's also really nice to see River away from Simon. Well, that's what I was wondering, because there wasn't much of an attitude shift. Mm. Um, it makes you wonder if she she's actually hyper empathic. Mm. Um, so Simon is seems to be constantly in various turmoils, concerns, worries, um, and so much of the time expressed to the nth degree. That's what River's doing. Yeah. But in this, even though she was like obviously in some form of like intellectual psychosis thing, um, she was also on board with the two most calm and stable uh, mm. crew members. Yes. So I'm just throwing that out there if I, in case I notice that in the future. Yeah, that is, yeah, and that kind of leads to other things we've talked about with River. So, yeah, like when the uh, almost River woke up. Yeah. Like, is that a psychic thing or is it hyper empathy? Yeah. Yeah, it's. (laughs) She's a mystery. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I wonder if that's what it is or just like a different aspect of the psychosis. It's been a bit longer, so we can't have her being completely manic all the time anymore. Mm. Um, uh, it's a little hard to say, cause we haven't really seen her in the last couple episodes either. Right. She was just kind of background. Mm. So uh, I do really like how she tried to, again, just one of those things that ties to Jane's, um, Jane's statue. It's like, she's like, I, I, I tried to fix your symbol, but it's just paper now. Oh no, I, <laughs> I, I took these out of your symbol and they turned into paper. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I tried to fix it for you, <laughs> which is nice because it's like, it's one of those things. Like she, it contrasts her going uh, when she was just manically trying to fix it to. Showing that consciousness that, okay, there was something wrong Mm -hmm. and not knowing how to fix it. And I kind of also took that as like, like a self-report. That's what I was thinking. Right. And I'm thinking like, this is, there's, I think there's subtext there and it's hard to say if I'm putting that there or not. Mm -hmm. Like how much of her trying to fix the symbol is her trying to fix herself. (laughs) Right. But just the idea of trying to fix the symbols is... Well, it could be. I mean, if, if we were to read into that that deep, it would also mean that whether she knows it or not, she has faith in herself. Mm-hmm. So, or, trying to, or trying to restore faith in herself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think... There wasn't that much... Um, more detailed character stuff. I mean, we did have, um, alongside the storyline and our, just going on and telling us the entire plot of the, the episode, <laughs> um, when she's talking about like the symbol of a thing and like the different perspectives of what is a symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that symbol means. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it was it was nice to see at least a little bit more advancement of Kaylee and Simon. Yes. Um, it's it's not in that uh, will they won't they kind of like fun TV relationship thing for me yet. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It, it's because, like, I want Kaylee as a girlfriend. <laughs> I think the thing I like about the way Simon and Kaylee's relationship is is building. It's that they both they're both smitten with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, in the back of my mind, like this, entered my head's like. These are literally the only two people that they have <laughs> that they could be smitten with. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so there's there's parts that, you know, lots of relationships happen from that anyway. But it's just the fact that both are smitten. Mm. And, like, this is the first time we ever got that from Simon, really. True. Um, you know, because he's always got to be so proper that... <laughs> um. Yeah, it's interesting. It was nice to see him break away from just being hyper-focused on River. Mm-hmm. And that might also have something to do with River's uh, stability. Mm. I don't, I'm not, of course, not implying that River is acting out for attention, because no one believes that. But I, I'm beginning to wonder if it's um, her just being empathic. Well, yeah, and we've kind of talked about that. It's like, is it is it psychic abilities is she just that aware of everything um is she empathic which again could be a connection to either of those two yeah didn't see anything character-wise external um but the the entire encounter beyond the symbolism symbolism uh the entire encounter beyond the symbolism um did a great job to accentuate the world building and how everything is gray Mm. um like the entire the entire structure of the lockbox we have uh abusive slave owner um who has a huge sum of money stolen by a pair of individuals one who betrays the other and then while say attempting to save their own life has to abandon money so it's like bad people screwing over bad people ended up with some type of good yeah like it it was weird that way um but beyond that to accentuate it and i don't want to run off too much but um what caught me off guard was Anara. uh her her being uh the conscious conscience of the ship um the the verse being so muddied and so gray that i mean i I wouldn't expect her to go off on a rant or a giant monologue about it Mm -hmm. um but her Showing up in servicing, um, effectively slavers. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this to reflect; it reflects bad on her. I'm just saying that how gray the universe is. It's not like Mal and them, who are known to desire freedom, 
were trying to save these indentured slaves. Yeah. Um, it was just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. It's like, obviously an artist research around mm-hmm. her clientele. Um, she makes that very clear in this episode that if it was the rich slave owner, she wouldn't have done any, she would have declined. It was a great so, switcheroo. Because mm-hmm. they make <laughs> you think she showed up for him and yeah. she showed up for his son. Yeah. Um, it's, this is all theory crafting. One thing I find interesting with this, if Jane hadn't, if what happened with Jane when he was there years ago, mm-hmm. I guess it sounds like about five years ago, I think it sounds like, um, if he hadn't been there to drop the money and the town having that support, the son probably would have been like his father. True. I think it's really clever. Like they wrote it well enough. It's like, no, I actually can see this through line going through. And it's all because Jane did that, that they got away in the first place as well. Like it's, it's amazing what can inspire people. (laughs) I think overall this, this one is probably going to end up being one of the pinnacles of the writing of this series mm-hmm. because of like the arguably three to five parallel storylines, depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah. A common through line with symbolism uh, as the motif. Um and the like the cyclical nature of it all, mm-hmm. um, which is ex- essentially shown with what you just mentioned with um, Jane Cobb uh, affecting Fess Higgins in a manner that made it so he didn't turn out like his uh, father, which then turned into them being able to leave the planet because they had the lockdown released because of conversations about symbolism. Yeah. It's, it's a planet that I would like to return to. Really? Cause I want to go to that planet where they juggle geese. Yeah. Like little goslings, little baby geese. <laughs> I want to go to the planet where I was, where I'm accidentally a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, other things that I really like, just kind of going back to Jane. I mean, this is Jane's episode, so mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot there about him. Um, on top of, you know, him showing his colors at the end, like he actually gave like pretty decent speech to the town. He tried. Like for someone who's very practical talking to a bunch of people who are very practical mm-hmm. like i mean even kaylee's like eh, that actually wasn't half bad <laughs> like, um i did appreciate that um and then i 
again, just with the mirroring, Anara's speech to um, Tefaz was mirrored very much. Jane, um, sorry, Mal talking to Jane at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just things layered well. Uh, I am more and more still going. It's like, huh? I know Wash is like a fan favorite. There's nothing there. There is nothing there. And this is the first time we've actually had, you know, Wash really kind of in a situation where he would be able to shine and just didn't, which is a shame. He's just very much the comic relief type right now is what it feels like. Um, this one, this one, I actually had a thought while I was rewatching this one. Um, you know me, I'm like not super convinced by Firefly. Like, I like it well enough, but do I think it's actually good? Um, and to just restate my opinion, in case uh, we have any new people who are only catching this one as the first one. Um, I think this is a pretty good first season. Um, it's not great. But had it gone four seasons, it would have been one of the greatest shows. Yeah. Uh, it is great building blocks, but um, it has not built into anything yet. However, I did have a moment while I was watching this episode where I went, um, I had a feeling that this episode alone um, elevated my perspective mm-hmm. of the series, even in com- like comparison to the earlier episodes. Yeah, I feel this is one of the three episodes that has always really stood out to me. And I think it's again one of those ones where this is why the show is seen so, so highly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other ones, which I've already seen, is Shindig. Um, the other one is coming up soon, I think. <laughs> Uh, if, if you're talking about out of gas, yeah, it's the next one. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much here. I mean, again, we we always go back to Buffy. Like Buffy season one was, it definitely hadn't found its footing. I mean, it, part of that's, you know, it was known there was going to be a filler thing at the time. And so, um, again, I just get that impression. It's like he expected this to be a four, four or five season thing. And I just see building blocks everywhere. Like, I just want to see where it goes. Because I think you're right. Like, if this ended up being four or five seasons, this probably would have went down as being one of the greatest shows. Mm-hmm. Granted, it, I mean, theoretically, it might have pulled a supernatural and went three times longer than it should have. <laughs> That's not fair. Like, the supernatural should have been five seasons and done, but yeah, uh, they went, what, like 12 or 13? Way too many. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped way before. I stopped when it should have stopped. <laughs> I mean, I like supernatural. But that is too much. Yeah. There was one season that jumped the shark and I never went back and I heard that it brought it back together. But 
We're not talking about supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, is there anything else major character-wise? No, I, honestly, I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yeah, big thing about this here is, like, yeah, just clever writing. We're starting to see Jane uh, for who he is. And spoiler alert, it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... The only thing that I can think of is the throw lines. Um, I mean, I'm hoping for some expansion on Wash. Mm. Uh, lest he be retired from hero status in my heart. Um, <laughs> they definitely need to do something to him that isn't just uh, uh, gone like a bad mustache. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be more cognizant of the relationship between Kaylee and Simon. Mm. Um, before I thought it was just passing, so this kind of showed me that it might be a little bit more complex than I originally thought. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, the the continued ex exploration of Jane's character and how it fits together, and what whether or not it'll stay cohesive, which it already is, or um, do they like lose his path? Mm. Like, do they just start throwing things and hope it kind of meshes, which is yeah. what happens in series a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are important things to look out for. Um, God, I hope they do something with Wash. I, can't believe how little they've done with them. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to read some of these comics. Apparently, there's far more Firefly comics than I realized. I've only read the one that came out that takes place like just before Serenity. There's a bunch of one shots, and there's like a series that went on from November of 2018 till uh, January of 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it looks like it was releasing near monthly. Hmm. Oh. I wonder... I wonder how... Was Whedon an influence in it, or was it a bunch of people who took the IP and... Uh, the long-running one appears to be IP, um, and is referred to as canonical. Um... And there is a bunch of, I think, not one-shots, but short serieses that um, were uh, written. Because I know Buffy and Angel also got, had basically their season, like, seven and their season eights done in comic form. Really? Yeah. Did he uh, fight a dragon? I... Never read the Angel. I only read a little bit of the Buffy, Thanks. but I would assume so. It is bad. <laughs> um, and I will say, always... <laughs> I will say that the first two seasons of Buffy were better than the first two seasons of Angel. Yes, but after that, <laughs> it's all Angel all the way, baby. 
<laughs> Argue with me in the comments, bitch. <laughs> yeah, when they when... No, not talking about Angel. <laughs> <laughs> as as I about to go on about to go on about Cordelia and what they've done with her. I uh such good character growth of Cordelia yeah. and then they like when they made her like the big bad I was checked out her character but everything be before that was so good mm. yeah and again natural progressions of Buffy but just again like it's why I can see so much strings within Firefly like <laughs> just seeing those same types of things in other series that he's done well, the thing about the the writing and the craft, they had gotten to the point where Angel and Buffy were being written in the way that people remember positively. Mm -hmm. And then that's when this stuff started coming out, right? Yeah. So the I wouldn't say it was perfected, but it was uh, a solid trade craft at that point. Yeah. Um I'm not yet con convinced it's as great as people said, but so far I am looking at the series more positively than I have before. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, rare for series to stand up to the kind of scrutiny that we give it. Yeah. I mean, if this was uh like those folks on EFAP, they would probably be able to tear it apart pretty good, mm -hmm. but it's making my standards yeah oh for sure it's yeah there's a reason to come back to it hey. thanks again for huddling around the second wall with us here tonight join us next time as we continue our discussion of firefly please join the conversation in the comments on social media or at our discord where we would love to get your thoughts and of course if you like what we do please share us with your friends